Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the new series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermode. We take a look back at a very successful Manx Grassland Society Awards. And I talk to one of the leading market garden and vegetable suppliers on the Isle of Man, Stuart Allenson. Firstly, Kiri, nice to be back. Uh, welcome to our listeners as well. Um, an eight-week series of Countryside for you. Uh, and, of course, the podcast's available as well if you miss any of them. But I suppose we've got to start with um, the weather. It's yes. been fairly grim, uh, particularly for anyone involved in the rural world, isn't it? Indeed. This December was absolutely shocking. It did nothing but rain, and obviously the records say that as well. And we'll be hearing from Stuart later on, who uh, has his own measurements. But it was really, really wet back end and into the early part of this year. This week, thankfully, it has dried up, uh, but it's gone bitterly cold, though. Yeah, and of course the farmers, I see some of them uh, being able to get out in the fields uh, with the the contents of the middens uh, from around the farmyard to obviously the the price of fertilizers come down a bit but obviously if they can use uh, their own it's yes. much cheaper isn't it? this is it the farmyard manure has got a huge amount of properties in it that are very good for the ground and it is more natural isn't it so harvesting the manure and storing it in the winter months is quite difficult unless you've got quite a good setup uh, the dairy farms will have big tanks or uh, buried in pits so that they can store it until the weather is more favorable to get on the land but even those the neighbours next door are saying you know it's filled up excessively with the with the rainwater they collect as well um but getting out onto the land they just make a, an awful mess of the roads and in the fields uh, so the damage it will do to the soil is not not great so they're finally getting out yeah and uh, also the uh, the farmers, uh, I suppose the the ones with sheep. I mean, but is is lambing uh, started it yet? Is, uh, it yeah. must be getting near. This is it for some. It is underway. They've got them in the sheds and and keeping them tucked up until they're strong enough to go outside. But the the back end has been good for grass growing. It is green around the countryside. It might look a bit different by the end of this week, but uh, the grass growth has been good. So some of the early lambs will be able to to get out into the fields, and we'll have to take a look around and see see how many we can spot in the coming weeks but normally it is march april time for the most of the sheep farmers to have the lambs um but yeah there'll be a few on the north no doubt mm, well i haven't seen any yet or heard any which yeah. is always a sign well speaking of the weather um we went to find out uh, how things had affected uh, particularly the difficult and worrying uh, career of growing market garden vegetables and one of the leading suppliers to the outlets on the Isle of Man is Rendu Farms and Stuart Allenson uh, was telling me how difficult things had been of late. Just after Christmas, I think it was the Wednesday after Christmas, we had 48 mil of rain. 48? 48 mil of rain, so those who are our sort of age are a bit older, two inches or just under two inches. And that takes a lot of dealing with, and with horrendous winds at the time as well. So uh, we had a lot of boats cancelled, so orders were very big, but certain things we were struggling to do just with the weather. What about, what's the worst thing? Does it it ruin the the actual crop, or is it getting the crop out of the ground that's the trouble? Um, There's a bit of both, but uh, the, the first thing is getting the crop out of the ground. You know, with that amount of water, with the best will in the world, we just couldn't get the carrots out of the ground. You know, they were underwater. 
But when you think about your land here, it's usually quite drainable, if that's the correct word. But, I mean, how does it get so much? Was it the prolonged period of it? Yeah, we've had a, a very prolonged period of wet weather. Um, so the, the ground was saturated before we got that 48 mil. So that was just the end of harvesting carrots for, I think, about a 10-day period we had. We couldn't dig at all. What about other crops? That are, are there certain ones that can, can you can get to? Well, the potatoes are kept inside. You know, we put them into store typically sort of October. So they were inside. There was no problem with potatoes. The other crops are above ground. So, you know, cabbage, we pick them. Just uh, unfortunately, the staff get very wet, very cold going out, getting them picked in this sort of weather. Brings back memories of the Brussels sprouts. Do you do them? No, we don't, <laughs> we don't do sprouts these days, Simon, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, um, very cold, very wet job. When you... you but, the, but the likes of um, carrots and things like that, you say the potatoes can be kept inside. Can all the crops be dug up when, when it's dry and put in, just for the people who may not know? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, you can keep carrots for a few days inside. In the UK, they'll keep them refrigerated for a while. But we are harvesting through the winter. So carrots, you know, parsnips, swedes, cabbage, they're harvested right through the winter as the customers want them. What about the the way, obviously, we'll, we'll get on to so, some other topics in a minute or two, but crop rotation, that's a big thing with yourself over the years, hasn't it? You've got a lot of different uh, types of um, market garden and vegetables that you are growing. It's important to you, the crop rotation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we rotate the crops, Simon. Uh, potatoes, we're not doing more than one in six years, so we sort of work out the cropping based on that and then put the other crops around that. Carrots, we might be doing one year in ten, maybe not even that. And brassicas, so you're looking at Swedes, cabbage, maybe one year in five, something like that for the brassicas. But, you know, we can rotate them round. The problem comes when we get uh, very wet winters like this, is finding enough fields that are dry enough to cope with that level of water. So we are going to have to look seriously at improving the drainage at the farm to be able to cope if this is the new norm that we're going to get for winters. But it is, it's one of the problems, Stuart, over the years. Obviously, they're encouraging landowners to keep the ditches clean and everything like that. Is, is the sort of end source where the water is going to after your ditches a problem? Well, my ditches run through to the land trench, and I've got to give full marks to the DOI, who have kept the land trench very clean for the last, you know, three years or so. Um, they've got through, you know, just after the end of September, before the winter starts, and, and the water does flow away. But, you know, the water's got to drain from our fields to that, and that's the problem, just the sheer amount of rain we're getting. You know, the land just can't drain quick enough with the current drainage system we've got. And what about, obviously, when the, there's that much water and it's running away into the trench, is it taking a lot of good parts of the soil or nutrients out of your own land? Well, this is down to good drainage again, Simon. We need to get the water running through the land, not running off the land. And again, with good land management, we're trying to plant the, the crops across the field rather than up and down the field. So we're not getting you know, the runoff in that sense when we do get these long periods of rain. That's quite interesting uh, you saying that because a lot of people listening who don't know too much about it 
uh, wouldn't, wouldn't really think of that thing, that, how, how important it is? In years gone by, I'm not sure it was that important, Simon. Um, but I say we seem to get longer spells of rain, longer spells of wind, longer spells of cold weather, longer spells of dry weather, and this seems to be the new norm. Well, I'm going to ask it. Uh, obviously, there's been some changes uh, to where you supply, uh, being the leading island market garden supplier. Um, there's been a lot of changes before Christmas with certain supermarkets and things. How is that looking? I can see your eyes screwing up there. Um, there's a slight apprehension at the moment, Simon, if I'm honest. Um, we've supplied Tesco since they came to the island here. Um, we've a, a good working relationship with Tesco. I speak to them frequently. Um, so we're hopeful of supplying into their stores, the ShopRite stores, when they're rebranded as Tesco. You know, I've, I've spoke. Uh, to the buyers and they're, they're adamant that they're going to be taking similar quantities to those that ShopRite did. It's not just a case of, um, well, if they don't, we'll try and find somewhere else. Um, how many years ahead are you planning crops, Stuart? Um, you need to be planning at least two years ahead. But, you know, my crop rotations, I'm, I'm working on sort of, as I say, six years, you know, between crops of potatoes. So you really do need to work a good few years ahead to work out where your crops are going and, and make sure the land's in the right condition for whatever that crop might be that's going in that field. Of course, you mentioned the, the supermarkets there. Um, one of the, the other suppliers you'll um, give produce to on the island. I mean, there must be worrying times uh, for them as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, you know, I think it's Robinsons we're talking about. They've had the franchise in Shoprite for I don't know 50 odd years, um, but they're very, very good. They're looking at other avenues of business. You know, it, it's no secret they've uh, bought Ross Bakery, um, and, and they're looking at moving their business forward as well. So you know, we're still supplying into Robinsons, and we'll continue doing so. What about all the other different um, supermarkets and outlets um, from the garages and stuff on the island? I mean, do they show any interest in, in getting local produce? Um, we supply indirectly Robinson's Wholesale, you know, quite a bit of what we sell to them to some of these other places. So we're doing that indirectly, not directly. We're not really geared up for uh, deliveries around the Isle of Man um, you know, we put a, a vehicle out every morning, goes to Douglas uh, and leave our goods there. Then Robinson's are distributing from there to other people. But I suppose with the local connections, the dealing with them in person on the Isle of Man, when you get to the bigger supermarkets, Tesco, for instance, that you say you, you do a bit of dealing with now, is it a different kettle of fish from, um, you know, a paperwork and... and rules and regulations point of view yeah there's a lot more rules regulations uh paperwork we're looking at you know having to move everything electronically i suppose the big difference is when you're dealing with a firm like tesco you don't get to build up that personal relationship you know i've been dealing with robinson's for 40 years i've dealt with three different generations of their family they've dealt with now three different generations of my family too so you know it, it, it's, it's good to grow up that way, but when you're dealing with the big supermarkets, there isn't quite that personal touch. 
And that's a, a really interesting point you put up there. You know, I've known you a long time, Stuart. I grew up in Derby as well with yourself. Um, and them connections that you've made, and you say 40 years dealing with them, it's, uh, it's something that doesn't happen very often in this day and age, is it? It isn't, Simon, no. But, um, you know, it's great to have that working relationship where perhaps if there's an issue, you can phone somebody up at 8 o'clock at night. I'm not saying you do it normally, but you can do if you have to. You know, there's somebody there who'll answer the phone and understand your problem, your situation. And, you know, it, it's good to be in business and work together with other businesses like that. Well, it's a fairly tough business. It's fairly um, labor intensive. It's a hard work and job, uh, no matter what the weather can be. Um, has there much changed over recent years to, to make it any easier for, for you and your staff, Stuart? Um, we try and mechanize where we can to make life easier. But the problem is, you know, we're a small island. We're on a very, very small scale compared with our competitors in the UK. And that's the really hard bit to compete with. We just, we just can't do it at um, that sort of level. You know, there isn't the volume of sale here on the island to, to gear up to be competitive. What, what would they have that, that w would make that makes it so much easier for them compared to what you can get away with here? Right, well, the, the, the scale of economy. So, you know, if we're doing carrots, we might be an hour a day putting the carrots through, whereas, you know... Putting this, them through? Uh, through? Through our packing line. So from harvesting, washing, uh, so they're packed and washed, ready for sale. Um, whereas if you're in the UK, I think the figures used to be something like there were 17 carrot growers did 85% of the UK market. So, you know, they're into thousands of acres each where, you know, we're doing two and a half acres, three acres of carrots, that's it. Um, and it, it's just impossible to compete with the, the, the people on that scale for, you know, a small island like this. But we're in January and uh, you've still got a bit of optimism in you, though. Um, you've got to be optimistic, Simon. Um, I don't worry about me. I'm worried about the next generation. You know, I've got uh, three children. Two of them are very interested in carrying on with the farming, and I'd like to see a future there for them to carry on with, Simon. Stuart Allenson there from Rendu Farms uh, at the north of the Isle of Man. And great to hear with all the... Uh, instability that's uh, surrounding uh, everyone who you know has been involved in various um, production of items to go to the supermarkets but uh, you know sounding optimistic there Stuart Yes, yeah, Stuart is very optimistic and he's invested an awful lot of time and effort and money into his business. So an outlet is so critically important for him. Um, but the food security on this island is absolutely paramount. We hear it through, through government, we hear it through the, the public themselves in the worry when that boat doesn't sail. So supporting local producers is absolutely vital. Um, he is ever the optimist and he is able to shift and change his business to suit. So I think uh, there will be challenges ahead, but it's great to see that he has that faith yeah and 48 millimeters uh, wow. you, that's a couple of inches in your in your uh, era. it is indeed uh, my yeah. word that's an awful lot of rain isn't it yeah uh, so you know it's uh, it's just the 
like he was saying, it's just the constantness of it. You know, usually if it rains heavily for a few days, it's got time to soak in and move away, but it's so relentless, wasn't it? This yeah. is it. And one of the neighbouring farmers said the same thing. It's, he feels like it hasn't stopped raining since June. <laughs> He's not had a, you know, a spell of weather where you get a bit of harvest done in September, but it has been so, so wet. It must be so difficult for him to lift the vegetables and, and get in the fields. It is a hard job, isn't it? It certainly is. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, Kiri, uh, you've been finding out what's been happening at, uh, at the Grassland Society Awards. Indeed, a very busy little group they are, um, having visitors over throughout the year to have workshops and knowledge exchange meetings. And at the, this time of year, they do have a catch-up. They call it the midwinter catch-up, get out of the house and uh, go and have a lovely dinner. So during the day when the judges were over, I popped down to the neighbours farm at Balavelle in Balasala, where I caught up with the judge, Alan Webster and Will Duggan. Well, Alan, welcome back to the Isle of Man. You're no stranger to the island and the island's, island's farmers working for the feed company, but you're here on very special duties this time. Yes, I am. I've been uh, brought in as a substitute. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> um, to judge the uh, Grassland Society uh, annual silage competition. Well, I could imagine this is going to be fierce competition because we've got some strong competitors here, some really good farmers, I could imagine. We've got some good farmers and we've got, which is nice to see, a lot of young farmers who are, um, who are quite keen and quite forward-looking. And uh, it's quite a joy to be here and seeing that, actually. That is really, really lovely to hear. And it's always difficult to get young people into agriculture. Now, where you're based in the UK, is that something that you're finding the same? Uh, we have the same problems of getting staff on farms and um, farmers, sons not always wanting to take over the business. Right, mm. yeah, yeah, that mm. can be difficult. Now, where you're based, uh, Mid Wales? No, uh, I actually work for a company in Cheshire, uh, supplying Cheshire, Shropshire, North Wales, uh, Derbyshire, Cumbria, Lancashire. Wow, that's <laughs> a big, big area, and the Isle of Man as well. And the Isle of Man, yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been sending feed over for about 18 years to the Isle of Man. That's a really, really long time, isn't it? Yeah. And how have you found the island now? You come back, it, it, we're in January, it's a bit cold. It's a bit chilly, but I've come well wrapped up. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the farms, you've been to a couple so far, a couple more to go? Yeah, we've, uh, we did some uh, visiting farms yesterday and uh, some more today. Uh, mainly, we've mainly been looking at clamp silage, right, okay. but we have looked at some round bale silage. Uh, just just the one one farm that's on round bale. Yeah. And what would you be looking for in particular when you're out judging? You've arrived on a farm. Is it just the presentation of the whole outfit or silage specifically? Uh, it's a it's a combination of both. Um, we've got a, a sheet that we're working off, so the actual silage analysis that we look at. Uh, that represents about 34% of the, the marks, and the rest is the presentation, how it's used, uh, how it's fed out, and animal performance, all things like that. Yeah, and how are you finding it? Because here we have quite a number of dairy farms that will take part, but there's also beef and sheep farms as well entered. Yeah, um, again, it's mainly the ones that I've been judging have mainly been uh, dairy farms, but there is, there's been some beef farms as well. Um, and there's also been some judging done by the islanders uh, on round bales, 
uh, I think the winners of last year's competition have been going out judging this year's competition as well. This it's is it. Yeah. yeah, and how were you finding the silage? Because obviously the the season seems to be changing. You know, the the, the very um, technology of grass itself is changing. How it responds to fertilizers, etc. You know, how were you finding it? The analysis in particular. Uh, we we did struggle with the weather in May, uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've probably seen some wetter silages, um, but that's understandable because of the weather conditions we've had. Um, and uh, yeah, in the main, the silages that we've been to visit, they've been good on, on the whole good silages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much of a difference would good silage or poorer grade silage make to, to the likes of the, of the milk production on dairy farms? A massive difference, yeah. Um, if you can make good silage, the job it becomes quite easy and, and more economic. Uh, you're paying less those fee firms. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose, in all honesty, that's kind of where this year might be a bumper year for you when silage analysis is lower. You know, they have to make up that ground. Uh, yeah, although some people uh, are not really wanting to spend that extra money and they're just going to take perhaps a, a, a lower milk yield without pushing the cows because of the economics of the job. Yeah, and are you seeing much changes on the farms with the economics of it, the finances? I see a huge difference between the mainland and here. Right, okay. Uh, because of the cost of everything coming across on that boat. Yeah. Uh, and the cost of the, uh, well, well, sorry, not the cost, but the, um, the, the, the sales uh, are, are no better or sometimes poorer than, than across. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I have every respect for the Isle of Man farmers. They, they've... Uh, they've got a big job on their hands and yeah. you in the industry you've been working for 18 years have you seen a difference in agriculture over that time i've actually been in the industry for 53 years ah <laughs> see <laughs> we've only been sending feed across the island for 18 yeah, yeah. so uh yeah when i uh, started as 17 year old um i learned to ration cows in hay equivalents which, if you talk to the young generation, they'll have never heard of that. <laughs> Go on, you're going to have to let us know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was all hay and no all silage. Hay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And can hay match up to silage? Is that you know, if you do even to this day, you do good seed seed hay or whatever, can it match? No, no, no you can't get the same production from it. No. no, no. And in that 53 years, go on, has it changed much? Massively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I've had a, a great career. I've loved every minute of it. I've, I've not wanted to go out of it. I've travelled around all different parts of the yeah. country and uh, dealing with farmers is, is in the main, yeah, yeah. A, a pleasure. Oh, well, there we go. As <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> never always said like that. But like you say, the changes have come. In more recent times, agri-environmental schemes have been coming to the fore. Are you seeing much changes in the last sort of five years in particular, embracing some of the land into tree planting, um, you know, strips left quiet, wildlife, etc.? Yes, I am. Um, I don't think we're perhaps going down the, the correct path. Uh, maybe a little controversial, but mm. we need to uh, we need to feed the people. And um, you know, I'm hearing that there's well, just we've just been talking around the kitchen table at this farm, and um, the shipping has been held up uh, uh, in winter months. And uh, to me, it's more of a, uh, a wake up call to produce as much as you can on the island, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly in an island environment. 
This is it. The weather in the winter months has become a lot more windy. It is un unfavourable, a lot wetter and all the rest of it. And food security has been a hot topic here. The ministry do know that we do talk about it, but it's only, like you say, when the ferry doesn't sail, it becomes you know really apparent. Going forward, how do you think agriculture is going to look in the next 10 years? It'll probably keep changing, but I am pleasantly surprised, as I said before, about the... the uh, enthusiasm that the young farmers over here are showing and I'd like to think that it'll survive yeah, uh, yeah. And, and prosper. Yeah. Well Will Duggan you just had the judge here Alan Webster how do you think it went? Um, well as good as can be expected <laughs> I, don't, I don't know really we'll, we'll know more tonight after the after the dinner I suppose. And how do you feel the year's been because it's not been the easiest for farming? To be fair I think weather wise the last 12 months has to just about been the most challenging uh, <laughs> that there's ever been but um, yeah, you know, it's just seemed to be the weather has always been wrong when you, it's either wet when you want it dry or dry when you want it wet. So. <laughs> this is, it seems to be the way of the world now though, you know, every year seems to be a bit more tricky. Oh, it is, but hopefully we learn some, learn some lessons along the way and uh, like for ourselves, we're growing growing winter barley now instead of spring barley after uh, the disaster that was last year. I think a few people have took that method, but Will, today he was in the, in the clamp silage having a look. Yeah, how, how's your clamp stewed up generally? Um, not too bad. It's not as good as we've made in the past. Um, I think a lot of that down what was down to the weather back in uh, back in May. We had to take our first cut in two in two goes. So the protein is not not normally not as good as where it has been, and uh, the soil content is probably a little bit higher than what we'd like to have in it. But you know, the cows are milking well off it, so that's the that's the main thing. And yeah, and like you say, it's it's the result, isn't it? It's at the end of the day. That's it. You know, it's, it is nice to have um, have a, a silage that on paper is is really good. But um, as long as the cows are eating it and milking well, and uh, and you know they're looking well on it, that's the that's what we're doing it for. So. And that said, yourself and Robin, you've put in a new parlor here at Bolivelle. It's looking very fancy. <laughs> well, I've just been getting stick from uh, from Will Kane saying that we've we put jars in for the throwback. So uh, no, it's not not as fancy as it could be. But it's, it's yeah, we're well happy with it anyway. And. Uh, yeah, best investment we've ever made. But that's it for a young couple, you know, taking up the next generation of farming here. I suppose that's something that's got to be praised. Well, to be fair, it's not just ourselves. You know, I think um, anyone that, that's that's striving forward and, and investing in their business, I think that's the, uh, you know, it's all got to be applauded, really. And uh, yeah, there's, there does seem to be a real good sort of positive future, I would say, with, with um, quite a few young fellas go wanting to go into dairy and, and and not just fellas girls as well like um it's fantastic really um you know we, we've yeah just can't see can't see more than that and you've got a good family support around you here you know your dad's here you know, checking in on the fat cattle seeing they're going okay yeah yeah dad's uh, retired but he's got a seven day a week hobby <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing the milking still is he surely no no he's uh, he's not not done one milking in the new parlor since since we put that in in 21 so well, isn't that a bit mean <laughs> <laughs> no no he, he said that all along so that was that was the the terms of his retirement <laughs> it's hard to believe will we're in january now you'll be getting ready for your next uh, lot of silage to come i suppose yeah, well, we're just we're just waiting on the first order of uh, fertilizer to come, and then once once we get to sort of another another four weeks, we'll be looking to start putting fertilizer out again, and um, this, this the cycle repeats. <laughs> well, let's hope for some better weather, I suppose. Well, the fingers are crossed. The only thing you can say is it can't be any worse than last year. So, <laughs> well, anyway, good luck, Will. Cheers. Thanks.
There we go. That was the judge, Alan Webster, sponsored by Massey Feeds and McEwen's Haulage. And Will Duggan, one of the entrants for the grassland competition this year. Yeah, and it's great to see Will. He's uh, been involved with, I know, Will from the Young Farmers and uh, uh, gets involved in the ploughing competitions. You know, he, he likes to, to get in everything, doesn't he? He really uh, does. Yeah. He's so active and a great ambassador mm. for, for the Young Farmers. Uh, but it was great to see that he won the, the tidiest pit, which is uh, something that Balavelle are <laughs> always <laughs> yeah, the tidiest grass clamp, but also I'm sure I think he won the toilet seat prize as well, which is for the biggest mishap during the year on a uh, silage outing. Okay, you allowed to talk about it? <laughs> well, it was apparently uh, a parked car got in his way. Um, thankfully, it was a member of staff, so it wasn't on the high road or anywhere, but he got some jip for it because he tried to deny it was him that ran it over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all sorts of award winners in there then? There was indeed. So the silage master for this year, the overall winner, went to the Sanders family at Baldwin. And the best beef and sheep farm went to Leah Kerrer in Andreas Air with Donna Grant receiving the prize. And the best contractor this year was Kenny Cool. Wow. Some uh, good names in the awards there, so well done to everyone involved in that. Nearly out of time, Kerry, but uh, an event that uh, has been mentioned to us, so we'll give it a mention. Uh, Great to see after the problems they've had, uh, Fur and Feather news. Indeed, Ramsey and Onkin Fur and Feather are holding their annual show uh, Sunday the 4th of February and it will be at Andreas Village Hall and uh, if you want to get your entries in have a look on Facebook or have a look online uh, so that's the Ramsey and Onkin Fur and Feather the entries are now open Yeah, I think that's at the Parish Hall I think, isn't it, that one, yeah So... Uh... That's it uh, for this week's Countryside. If you've missed any of it, don't forget you can download the podcast where a lot of the time you can hear the interviews in the original longer form. And uh, if you've got anything for Countryside, please leave a message here at Manx Radio for Kiri Kumar or myself, Simon Clark. Or you can send an email to countryside at manxradio.com. We're back next week at 6 o'clock. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermit. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.